HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network on tour here at sunny, sunny Feast Portland. I did not expect it to be this sunny in Portland. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, before we get started with our next guest, I just want to say thank you to our sponsors. And first of all, I'm Hannah Ford, and I'm the program manager here at HRN. Um, we want to thank Le Creuset for making our beautiful podcast lounge here at Feast Possible, and our friends at Salt and Straw Travel Portland and the Julie Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts for helping us get here to Portland. Um, I want to introduce our guest, Megan Sanchez. Hi, Hi Megan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, so Megan has a fabulous restaurant. Tell us about Guero. Thank you. Um, we opened two and a half years ago in our brick and mortar. We serve tortas. Um, so maybe something new for some people or totally old hat for um, old, you know, torta enthusiasts. But um, yeah, it's been a great run. We started in a food cart before that. And yeah, we've been selling tortas in Portland for the last eight years now. Awesome. So tell me about the transition from food truck to restaurant. That yeah. is quite a big shift. Yes. Um, how did you make that decision? And what sort of changes did you have to make to the way that you kind of ran your business and, and made your food? We... It was a simple decision. We had outgrown every system, every physical space, storage, everything that we had was just bursting at the seams. So um, when an opportunity to move into a brick and mortar space just um, a couple blocks from where we were, we're very tied to our our block and our community right there in our neighborhood. So um, moving across town probably wasn't going to be an option for us, but we found this space and we um, we just it was just so simple. The stars <laughs> we, aligned. We're like we need it. Yeah, we 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 got to have it, and we were ready. And um, our customers supported us through that transition so beautifully. So 
Um, so yeah, it's it's been amazing. It's nice to you know, as you noticed, it rains in Portland a lot, and it's a miracle that we're having this weather right now. But um, yeah, food cart life can be rough that way. You know, um, you've yeah, your your customers are amazing for coming out and sitting in the rain sometimes mm-hmm. to wait for your food, and and they did that, which I just like. God bless them all. Um, well, it speaks to how delicious your tortas are, that they're willing to get a little damp while Yeah, it's, it's like, what is a bigger compliment than somebody willing to come sit in the rain and wait for some hot food, and then you get to, like, you know, it's such a nice relationship builder that you're, like, you know, you want to feed them that much more when <laughs> you see them sitting right, there. Right, you really earned it. Yeah, <laughs> but it also feels really nice to greet people and invite them into a space with four walls and a ceiling that's yeah. a little less claustrophobic than our um, our food cart so that's yeah. nice as well. <laughs> well I'd love to talk about this space because um, you've spoken a lot about kind of the importance of design um, to the whole hospitality experience the experience of your restaurant so I'd love to hear about um, kind of what was your inspiration when you when you designed the brick and mortar restaurant what are you trying to communicate what sort of atmosphere do you want to create for your guests? Yeah, that was another interesting part about um, the shift because I think in the food cart we kind of did as much as you possibly could to create atmosphere and try to to help like visually cue people into where they are and um, and what what the experience you want them to have would be. But um, again, with the rain, I would put you know I'd have my like floral arrangements out and my like cute little Mexican tchotchkes and you'd turn a corner and your little paper mache you you know. thing you'd brought back from Mexico would be in a puddle somewhere um, (laughs) you know so it was was a nice effort but when we moved into the brick and mortar space there was so much opportunity to um, create kind of a homey feeling and um, um, yeah work with some people in Mexico and some people here bringing in really beautiful things um, that are just special artifacts Um, Via Raiz is a beautiful store here in Northwest and um, she brings all these beautiful things from the Yucatan, and our food is really inspired by Yucatecan cooking. And so, having um, some of her things around just kind of ties it all together for us. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I read in another interview um, how much you love to entertain, and yeah. that you love the concept of homemaking, and clearly that's demonstrated in the restaurant. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to kind of hear your philosophy of entertaining and and making an inviting space because I think that is really like a beautiful art form of, of curating <laughs> yeah. a meal for your friends and family. So paint the picture. What is like your perfect ingredients for um, entertaining, like a dinner party or a cocktail yeah. party? Um, oh, gosh. You know, a lack of pretension is always like the nice first step, I think. <laughs> and we're a glorified sandwich shop, so that's, that's taken care of. Um, uh, yeah, when people come in, I mean, the... I, I love being a chef and um, that's the food is important to me and of course um, but it's, I kind of don't see myself as a chef I see myself as sort of like this uh, I don't know like a conductor of a of a thing my partner as well that's what he and I do he um, people comment on the music a lot when they come in he does um, a lot of that himself uh, this is my partner Alec who I started with and um, yeah he does such a great job of like he has these insanely meticulously categorized uh, playlists for you know this is lunchtime 
you know, this vibe or lunchtime, this vibe, but it's raining, you know, and so we I love try, that. To, try to, you know, set the mood with that. Um, I'm always running around adjusting the lighting constantly, you know, with these, these little details, but um, yeah, there's that and the food that it, it comes and it flows and we try to make it easy to, um, to try a new drink or introduce people to mezcal, which can be new for people, um, make things approachable. And then, um, yeah, beyond that, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think people forget how important music is to yeah, a dining experience. Um, it really can enhance or distract. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I, maybe you should like share like Spotify playlists yeah. of your, your perfect he's rainy lunchtime. Yeah, he's a little territorial about it, I gotta admit. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, maybe we can slip one your way. But um, I love it. Yeah, the password or something. But um, yeah, also our, our staff, we have, I seriously think we have like, the best team in the world and they're so incredible at um, trying to anticipate people's needs and and it's kind of like we're throwing a party every day and I think people who come and work at the restaurant they really they get that and they yeah. get into that and it's kind of their pleasure to do that with us so awesome well um, I got to have a little snack from you at East Coast versus West Coast which was an event here oh, nice. at Feast on Thursday yeah. can you um, tell our listeners a little bit about the crazy delicious sandwich that you were serving <laughs> Yeah, that was really fun. Um, so we made a pork belly pibil torta. So the pibil is a traditional marinade with a lot of achiote and citrus. It's really bright and um, it's traditionally done with pork. We do it at the restaurant with uh, chicken, but it's, it's really tart. And we were like, what would make more sense than putting this on a pork belly mm. to just sort of offset all that richness? And, um, and yeah, so that was really fun. We did a achiote mayo our pork belly pibil, um, some habanero crema, because I can't not put habanero in everything. And um, yeah, I was on a little adorable bolillo, that um, little mini-sized fresh-baked bolillo from our baker, Felipe, who we've worked with since day one. Nice. So yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, that was definitely one of the highlights of, of all the bites I had at that event. Um, nice. So obviously, you spend a lot of time in the kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. But as a, a first-timer here in Portland, um, when you are not in the kitchen at Guero, where, where do you, where's your spot? Do you have favorite um, bites or drinks around yes. town? Um, Maurice is probably my favorite, mm. my favorite, favorite. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, the food is so delicate and heartwarming and thoughtful. And every time I go in there, it kind of blows my mind. Um, so I love that for breakfast. I love, um, uh, gosh, this, this is the hardest question I feel like for every <laughs> Portland chef. It's like, where else do you like to eat? Because it's like, it's overwhelming. And um, no, there's also, so I never much. leave my neighborhood sometimes and I get in a rut. And then I, you know, Eam, which is new this year, of course, everyone's talking about. And um, I love what those guys are doing. Um, yeah. There's so much. I don't, there's even, so much. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Um, so I wanted to touch on, so your heritage is Mexican and also Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious, um, obviously the Mexican influence comes through in what you're cooking at Guero, but um, do you see or do you take inspiration from Egyptian cuisine and how does that kind of interact with um, the Mexican side of things? Yeah, um, the a lot of that, um, like the joy and hospitality is from... Um, the experience of growing up in a huge Egyptian family where um, my grandma was sort of the center of everything and feeding people as her great joy in life. Um, 
yeah, she'd come around, you'd eaten so much, and you'd beg her not to put more food on your plate, and she would find, like, a bone or something to pinch and try to tell you you were still too thin and that you needed to eat more, and you'd be, like, crying, and you can't say no, and, um, uh, yeah, she would, she would say, for my sake, Habibti, like, eat this, and you, you, you could not refuse her, and you would, like, kind of want to die at the end of a meal, but, um... <laughs> I kind of hated that growing up, and now I've totally adopted that. I'm just, like, pushing food on everybody against their will constantly. So, um, Totally. I think especially when it comes to, like, how you eat and how you serve food. I, yeah. I like, I see myself becoming my mom in that. Yeah. And especially owning a food business, I'm sure you are constantly, like, yeah. keeping your eyes out for... I have to, like, stop myself and realize that um, it's not my house as much as we want you to feel like you're at our home um, and that I can't walk up to... Um, people dining in the restaurant and <laughs> insist that they eat more or pinch them <laughs> so you know but um but yeah I think that does come through um it's just it's just sort of a joy around the whole thing it's our pleasure to do it at the restaurant so that's lovely yeah um do you have any Egyptian inspired dishes on the menu hmm um or influenced influenced I mean like so it's sort of a battle actually so the torta is this massive thing it's as big as your head and you know like if you you know, you eat one, and that's like, you, what else do you need? But I grew up um, doing the sort of classic Middle Eastern, like everything's like a snacky, like it, it never ends. There's this like rolling in of, of dishes and pairing different things together. And so I love little little bites. And so um, I'm always trying to figure out like, what's that thing that you can still eat and you still want to eat, but you, you have a whole torta to take care of, you know? So little little pickle plates and fruit salads and things like that have been really fun for me. And um, I think that's kind of part of where that comes from, this desire to have like all the, all the little things around, all the little accoutrement that you want to eat with your torta. So. Absolutely. Snacks are very important. Snacks are very important, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we are running out of time, but I want to thank Megan Sanchez from Guido for sitting down with us um, and for sharing such delicious sandwiches with us. It's a pleasure. Um, and thank you to everyone for tuning in to Heritage Radio Network's coverage of Feast Portland um, here in the HRN Podcast Lounge presented by La Creuset. Um, thanks again to La Creuset and our other supporters, Travel Portland, Salt and Straw, and the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. Um, we will be back with more interviews from Feast Portland, so don't go away. This program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.